This is Rob Pau and today in Tax Turbo Talks we're talking to Tiffany Cromwell from Kenyan Shrem about the Oval Energy Women's Tour. Alright, it's Thursday the 13th of June, it's about an hour after the finish of stage 4 of the Ovo Energy Women's Tour. And on the line is Tiffany Cromwell from Kenyan Stram and her teammate just got a stage win. Uh, there must be still a lot of excitement going on there, Tiffany, welcome. Yeah, definitely. You know, it was a perfect day for our team, like we couldn't have asked for better race and better finish. You know, it's one of those rare times when the plan came together. Every single rider in the team did their job and then for Kazia to win was, you know, just incredible. Like we had full confidence in her today and the finish was the style that suits her most. And yeah, definitely a lot of happy faces after the finish. Is there already now a big plan for the next two days to get her the overall win or? Yeah, definitely. You know, that's always been the overall goal. Um, Kazi's always been the best chance for that. And You know, we've first been focusing on the stages and taking it day by day and then, you know, seeing how it goes. But the plan has always been to then start to push for the overall, you know, and we knew the last three days were going to be the major point for that. So I think we're going to have our work cut out tomorrow, but I think the confidence from today is, you know, going to help a lot with that and we're all ready to fight. And how did you guys come back after maybe a disappointment yesterday of losing Elena? Yeah, you know, it's it was really sad. You know, she's obviously a strong part of the team, and but it's that's bike racing, and you know, it's a bit of a shitty situation. But at the same time, you know, I think it almost motivated us more, like to say, okay, yeah, we don't have Eleanor, but at the same time, we still have five of us <clears throat> healthy and strong, and you know, we want to give it our all, and you know, go out there and do what we got to do and get to business. So, and I think gave us a bit of extra power maybe today knowing that we're doing it for Eleanor. And how would you describe the overall feeling in the peloton about uh, about this stage race, a six-day stage race? Today was also the first time they had like a, a hilltop or mountaintop finish in this uh, stage race. How would you describe the feeling in the peloton about this race? Yeah, you know, there's always a lot of excitement out the women's tour. They do a very good job. You know, it's a very professionally run tour. They go all out to, you know, run at the highest level, um, TV coverage, great crowds, you know, you always have the school kids along the route as well. Um, everyone's always excited to come here and to perform and to get the big results. So, you know, we definitely love to come to the UK and come and race here and put our best foot forward. So, you know, I don't know if there's anyone in the peloton that does but not enjoy coming to this race. And especially, like you said, um, a lot of kids alongside yeah. of the roads. How, how does that make you feel in terms of being like maybe an inspiration for those kids? Yeah, you know, it's nice and like anytime you get the crowds on the side of the road, it always pumps you up. But then when you see all the school kids screaming, I think, you know, it, it's cool for them. You know, they get to take a little bit of time off the school and, you know, we hope with them being able to see us does give them those aspirations to either, you know, get into cycling or, you know, to strive to reach, you know, whatever they want to do in their life. And, you know, if we can be an inspiration to them, it's amazing and yeah it's nice that they can get so close to the action as well how would you compare that to maybe when you started cycling as a, as a youngster because you're a seasoned pro now um and if you compare that experience was was there something for you that you could be alongside of the road and cheer your heroes on or yeah i was very lucky coming out of adelaide um you know we had the tour down under 
so for me that was kind of my first introduction to cycling when I first came through the Talent ID program um but at the same time we didn't have women's racing like back then so for me it was it was cool to kind of be able to get up close and personal with the professionals but you know they're all the guys so obviously as a um for any young girls out there on the schools, I think it's nice that they can, you know, see women's racing at the absolute highest level. And I think that's really cool because that's something I didn't have growing up. But, you know, I've, as I said, you know, I've quite spoiled with Adelaide having the Toyota to get, you know, the same kind of experience. But at the same time, there's not so many races, I'd say, where there's an opportunity for young riders coming through to get so close to their, you know, sporting heroes. What would you think now about the direction that women's cycling is heading at the moment? I think it's a really exciting time, you know, like I've seen the sport grow so much over the last 10, 15 years. You know, when I first came into the professional ranks, like it was really, you know, there weren't so many big teams. The professionalism was pretty low. It was very hard to make a living and there was zero TV coverage, whereas, you know, every year we're seeing greater strength, greater growth within the sport, like, the push, you know, to have a World Tour League, to have minimum standards within teams, to make it a truly professional sport. And we're seeing more women being able to have, you know, careers out of it and longer time within the sport as well. And the teams, you know, operating at a much higher level and and just the level of the racing is so high now. Like, I've never seen it at this high where you can't go to a race half done. You have to be on top form if you want to be competitive. And it's an exciting time within the sport. And maybe also, I think, for you as professionals, um, yeah, getting a lot of people on bikes, and maybe that's one of the reasons, obviously, while in this OVO Energy Women's Tour uh, with your team with Kenyan SRAM, there's a lot of things special um, yeah, to activate women on cycling. The team, I think, has swapped out the uh, Kenyan bikes, the Rafa kit, the Jira helmets, the Oakleys, uh, all for one special reason, right? Yeah, definitely, you know, like... At the end of the day, we also we do this sport because it's you know our profession, but we also love it. But at the same time, we want to be able to give back to the community, and part of that is you know trying to inspire children onto bikes, and obviously we also want to inspire more women into riding to get that side of the sport much bigger. Because for a long time, it has been I guess you could say a bit of a man's sport or you know old boys club. Whereas times are changing, and yeah, we've done this special limited edition kit in conjunction with Rafa because every year they hold the women's 100. Um, this year it's in September, September 14th, off the top of my head, where, you know, they encourage women all around the world to get out there and challenge themselves to ride 100K because, you know, to us 100K is, you know, we do that quite regularly, but for the average person, like, that's a big deal. And, you know, we want to be able to take out that fear to say, okay, it's fine, you can do it. Like, it's a challenge, but at the same time, you get some good people around and just to really enjoy what's so amazing about cycling, whether you do it by yourself, whether you do it with your friends, you know, do some coffee stops, like join one of the global events that Rafa put on at the various clubhouses, you know, and that's what we really want to encourage, just to let people understand how amazing cycling is and, you know, how beautifully sport can be. Like, it's not just a racing side, but just, you know, from getting out there and enjoying the countryside. And and how couldn't women get involved for this Rafa 100? Because they did, yeah, the 14th September, as you said. Yeah. So if you head over to rafa.cc, um, there's a um, there's a section there for the women's 100. And there, there's various groups, uh, various events all around the world that you can try and find one that's close to where you're living, um, or otherwise just make your own. You know, get some friends together, say hey, let's go and ride 100k. Let's meet at the coffee shop, or let's meet at the bridge or something and yeah we just want to see 
women getting out there and completing 100k so yeah it's quite easy to get involved and a lot of different options you know if you don't have anything locally you can reach out to people out there do you already know where you'll be riding on the 14th of september off the top of my head i might be racing to rivadesh i have a feeling that's that time but if i'm not then i'll be in the south of france so hopefully if i'm not racing then i'll definitely put it out there if anyone wants to come riding with me come do 100k in the lovely mountains behind nice and monaco and or else hopefully in the ardes will be a stage that is at least 100k then for you guys exactly <laughs> um, what's next for you after this ovo energy women's tour i think the giro rosa might be on your calendar or yeah exactly right so for me i'm lucky that my nationals are all done in january while the rest of the peloton will be dealing with that so i have two weeks at home two and a half weeks at home to train and get prepared for yeah the giro rosa so that'll be the next next one of mine 10 days of very very mountainous racing this year um so looking forward to that i've done quite a few of them these days so you know, it's always a staple in my calendar. And then La Course by the Tour de France after the Giro. So it's a few good races to look forward to. Would you say those are now getting two of like the biggest races for the women as well in women racing? Or Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I'd say the Giro has always been held in high regard because it's really our only version of a Grand Tour. You know, it's the longest tour that we have on the calendar and it's one that a lot of people target. But um, La Course is definitely another one that's getting bigger each year and, you know, has global coverage. And, again, a lot of teams put it as a race that they want to win. But at the same time, I think we've got so many great races now. Like, I'd say even the Women's Tour now is probably one of the highest regarded races, you know, outside of, say, some of the Spring Classics that are also quite big for a lot of teams. But, yeah, we're lucky that now there's a lot of great races on the calendar Um you know, that are held at the highest level. And what's your own role in the team for these races? Um, for the Giro, I'm going to say quite often I'm riding as the team road captain. So the one with the experience and making the calls and keeping the team together and motivated and making the calls if we ever need to make them on the road. But definitely I'll be playing a support role in the Giro. You know, it's not the best course that suits me for the most part. So helping into the lead into the mountains and that but you know if there's an opportunity for a breakaway or a stage then certainly we'll get opportunities there but of course is a big goal for me you know hopefully be able to take a chance there um with my teammates and have a really dynamic race so it's a good one day race it's quite up and down which suits the characteristics of the type of rider that i am so that's a personal goal for me to try to do something something there and yeah have some fun racing with the team and after that if you look further ahead after the season or maybe even towards next season already all the goals lined up for you or yeah i've got a few you know big goals in there so there's a whole season this year is working towards obviously world championships in yorkshire um you know for me i've been a bit up and down with performance over the last couple of years but you know saying to come back to my best so i want to get some results on the board again and then next year is all about tokyo you know, it's I'm yet to go to an Olympics, um, so that's been a big, big goal. Like, I already saw the course last year in November, and, yeah, so we're kind of slowly but surely doing the right steps, trying to perform in the right races where I need to to try and gain selection and, you know, try and be a part of a very strong Australian team to go for gold there. And, and does Tokyo have, like, a sort of a special place in your heart as you've travelled to Japan to cycle a couple of times? 
yeah, Japan for me is one of my favorite countries in the world, you know. Tokyo and, and the surrounds because the course itself actually isn't really in Tokyo. It starts in the suburbs and goes out to like the edge of Fuji, but that area, the Hakone region, is just stunning. Like, you know, I've been lucky to ride around there before, and yeah, it's it's a beautiful place. The people are just the most generous and helpful and kind people. So definitely for me, it's like an Olympics. I'd definitely love to go to, and you know, I love that country and visiting any chance that I can. So I've been there three times already, and hope there'll be some more trips out there. So hopefully Tokyo of Tokyo twenty twenty will be at least four times for you that you get there. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Traveling, one of your passions, and maybe one of your other passions is uh, is food, as a lot of people uh, yeah. already <laughs> seem to know also on the social medias. Um, so also the Tux Turbo Talk fan question of the week is about okay. is about yeah. food. Uh, Benny Good <laughs> yeah. Benny Goodman was wondering Nutella bread with or without butter. Without. I would never put butter with Nutella. No way. If you go do Nutella, just all out, snack on all the chocolate spread. I never pair it with butter. Uh, Vegemite with butter, yes, but not Nutella. Yeah, Vegemite <laughs> is not for everyone on bread, uh, I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so one more thing about food, because a lot of people also are interested in a recipe for banana bread, apparently. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. And you have a secret yeah. one, right? Yeah, well, I guess it's become a bit infamous. I wouldn't say it's secret because I have a, it's on my website. Um, but yeah, I love to make banana bread. I think a lot of bike riders love to make it. It's, it's a great one that's, you know, for both breakfast time or, or for your back pocket for rides. Um, I found a recipe years ago on the back of the Quaker oats pack when I was in America. And, you know, it's got a mix of like oats and a lot of banana in there and, bits and other pieces I found it was just a really moist and heavy one and over time I kind of developed it refined the recipe to make it slightly more heavy uh, sorry slightly more healthy and yeah for me it's it's one of my favorite things to do when I have um, spare bananas so you can find that on my website which is tiffanycromo.cc in the recipe area and it's such an adaptable recipe too you know sometimes I put nuts in there sometimes I put chocolate chips sometimes I put nut butter in the middle when I cook it you know it's a beauty with banana bread. Like, as long as you have the base recipe, it's very adaptable whether you want, you know, it to be calorific or you want it to be slightly on the lighter side and, you know, not full of a heap of energy. Yeah, so definitely for that infamous banana bread of Tiffany, go go check out her website. Is there anything that you experimented with in terms of food during the race? Because obviously maybe the racing food might be a bit boring every now and then. What's the craziest thing that you've maybe eaten on the bike? <laughs> In racing, I can't say I've really eaten anything super crazy because, you know, normally like our team look after all of our nutrition. They do a great job in, you know, we always have our sports nutrition partner, which is science and sport, but then they'll often make, you know, little treats like paninis with um, jam or like speculoos and or like philly and nuts and stuff like that. Um, training, though, I then sometimes play around, but more sweets, you know, like, but I can't think of anything I've done crazy. Like, I've done things, you know, um, oh, I don't know, like ricotta brownies or that. Or actually, when I'm in Japan, there's some pretty awesome stuff you can have for race food or training food. In the So there's 7-Elevens everywhere. But there's these little, like, sushi things that you can make where it's, like, literally, like, a packet with rice in there and it's, like, got the seaweed and whatever else. And they're actually amazing for training food. Like, many times when I've been out in the middle of nowhere and I'll be like, yep, there's a 
Seven Eleven or a Family Mart, like they're the best fuel. Oh wow! You know, and also not too sweet because sometimes the sweetness you get a bit over it. But yeah, that one I'd say is probably maybe a little bit more off center that I haven't had in the past. But otherwise, you know, sometimes I'll park up for a proper lunch or <laughs> when it's you know the pre-season, we just go do long rides and you're like, all right, I don't want to ride for five hours and not stop. So you know, I'll find a good cafe or something. But yeah, definitely experiment more when I've been in places like Japan or Taiwan or, or somewhere like in Asia where they got all this weird and quirky type food. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we've got to close it off here because we're taking too much of your time. You need your recovery as well after uh, just coming off the longest stage in the OVO uh, Energy Women's Tour. Two big days coming up. Uh, wishing you all the best and thanks heaps for coming on. All right. Well, thanks for having me. And yeah, looking forward to the last few days. All right. Get this done and hopefully we can take the jersey. Hopefully Kasia can keep the jersey and uh, oh, keep it. Sorry, Indeed. she doesn't have it yet. <laughs> she needs to grab it. We'll get it. You'll get it. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thanks, uh, Tiffany, for jumping on. And thank you, obviously, for listening to a new episode of the Tux Turbo Talks. Don't forget, you can always get your fan questions in for our guest next week. And also, don't forget to subscribe, rate, review the Tux Turbo Talks podcast. This was Rob Bauer with Tiffany Cromwell from Kenyan Spram. Stay tuned for a new Tux Turbo Talks next week.